Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, good morning. As we proceed to give you what you need, 101.9 FM, the fan in New York, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, we have just crossed over until the seventh day of February, Black History Life. Shout out to you and everybody celebrating in America, the only place that they do celebrate Black History Life. I, I say life because, like, it's the shortest month. And if you're American, it's part of your life. It's just like this is the time that they're going to highlight things like, like, here's Tiki Barber with another Black History moment. Uh, Jackie Joyner curse. Uh, you know. Paulie just walked out like, yep, actually, it's my time to go. My shift ended. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, here's Tiki Barber with Tiki. Tiki will come through like, yeah, well, I don't even know. I like I, I've heard him. I can't. I think I said Jackie Joyner curse. I don't even know if that's the right name. I got none of that for you. I got none of that for you. Like. As a young black man, as an African-American, which, like, I don't even like the term African-American. I I feel kind of way about all this type of stuff. It's it's all fake to me. It's all like, oh, okay, it's pandering. It's like, oh, we got, I guess we got to do this. <laughs> black History Month. I'd rather be called black than African-American. I've never been to Africa. I'd like to go. But Black History Month, the shortest month of the year. This is what I want you to, like, take from it. Nothing moves in this country without black people from the beginning to now. And I think just now we're highlighting the contributions more, and I think now we're starting to see more progress. I mean, obviously there's been progress for years, but now we're starting to see uh, some people get fair shakes and opportunities and, and a light. Like, you know, the fact that I'm watching, uh, I don't know what I was watching, MLB Network, and there's, like, a... MLB the show, Negro Leagues edition. And I'm like, oh, now they're acknowledging Le Negro League baseball. Cool. Count it. Better late than never. So I just think, you know, this month of February, and man, do it the whole year and do it the rest of your life. Just acknowledge that black people are a part of all of this, this great country, man. I'm an American just like you. You know, I had a conversation with one of my white friends. I'm like, bro, when we grew up, there was no white school. We weren't segregated. There wasn't like this big white coalition building where the white people got their groceries and the white people bought clothes and the white people went back to their homes and separate from I'm like we didn't know as kids that we weren't supposed to be friends that we weren't supposed to be sleeping over each other's house 
eating each other's food, borrowing each other's, you know, clothes, borrowing each other's bikes, sharing stuff. Like, we didn't know that that was wrong. So my message to you this Black History Life is uh, we're all in this together, bro. Like, we're Americans first. If uh, something really went down, they're not coming over here saying, oh, well, let's separate the black Americans from the white Americans. And we're all together. We share the same thing. 877-337, a six, a six, two more sixes. Oh, this is Sports Talk Radio. Let's get back to the sports. The Knicks won tonight, but did they really win if Jalen Brunson is hurt? He's just banged up a little bit, man. If you just look at this guy playing 40-plus minutes a night, going as hard as he goes, and it's been a crazy stretch. They won nine in a row, and they're still winning at a high clip. He'll, he'll be fine, but it just concerns you because OG and Randall and Grimes and Sims, and it's like the whole team's getting hurt. Well, the trade deadline is tomorrow now. The Brooklyn Nets, I don't know what to say about them. They don't know which way is left, right, up, down, I feel like there's a disconnect between the front office, the coach, the team, and the fans. Nobody's on the same page. And with the trade deadline tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if they did nothing. Right? They should be sellers. They should absolutely be sellers. They can't find enough ways to win. They'll win here and there, but for the most part, they lose to mid-to-average teams in the NBA. Tonight, they fall to the 11th place spot outside of the play-in. So what are you actually playing for in Brooklyn? I don't know. Me, I stopped going to those Nets games. I'll be back. I'll be back when there's something worth going over there for. I'll go see the Devils. Go support the Devils. I had a good time tonight watching uh, Jesper Bratt in the Bratt Pack. Tierney scored. Marino scored. Dawson Mercer scored. Um, Eric Hollis scored. And they beat the Avalanche. So the Avalanche lose in the Garden two nights ago. And last night, the Devils get a win. At the Rock, 877-337-6666. Those are the three local games that we had going on tonight in the Garden, in uh, Barclays Center, and the Prudential Center. The other news around sports we'll get to throughout the day. I mean, or out through, throughout the rest of the night. Throughout the day, I listen to the fan, and I kind of just helicopter in on different takes and what guys are talking about. And I just really try to, like, you know, not listen to the fan too much because I want to do my own thing. And my show is unique because I'm a solo host and I'm the first one that gets to react to the scores and the games and what happened in the game. So I don't I don't have to conjure up hypotheticals. I don't have to come in with a take about something in the future or, or you know, I don't have to give you guys things like we can talk about what actually happened tonight. And we can talk about what's happening in baseball always. I'll force the baseball conversation. The Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw coming back. He's got to bow down to Yashinobu Yamamoto. Yeah, I am ready. I cannot wait for baseball. I am ready to hate on the Dodgers. Mookie Betts says, we're going to be everybody's World Series. You betcha, buddy. And the way baseball works, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every series. But you might get everybody's best shot. Uh, the Yankees gave the offseason their best shot, but maybe they didn't do enough in your eyes. So what? The team is the team. The squad is the squad. They have made some improvements. But the message I want to send to the Yankee fan is that old habits die hard. You know, what is his name? John and Masbeth. He started the whole fire Cashman night. Ball Vinny Soul 
sold 500 fire Cashman shirts. Newsflash, they didn't fire Cashman. The same guy is running the show. The same guys under him are working for him. Yeah, they got Juan Soto. But if you thought this was the offseason that was going to mirror 2019 or uh, 2009, not 2019, or 2014, right, going all in for that World Series in 2009, going all in for Jeter's final season, nah. They gave you Marcus Stroman. They gave you Juan Soto. They gave you Alex Verdugo and a couple marginal guys here and there. Welcome Caleb Ferguson and Cody Petit and Luke Weaver and whoever. So the team is a team. Pray for health. Hope is not a strategy, but for Yankee fans, it's always hope week. 877-337-6666 for the Mets. I mean, I think the Mets, David Stearns is smarter than we give him credit for. You know, if you set the bar low, people can't expect anything. Like, lower everybody's expectations in the offseason. Make some sneaky good moves, right? And uh, when the season starts... If the team overperforms, you'll look like a genius. If the team actually goes out there and competes and wins, they'll sing your praises. And you'll slowly start to reset for the future. Uh, I still think you go get J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez should have been a Met last year. Obviously, if he was choosing between the Dodgers and the Mets last year, it's the Dodgers 10 times out of 10. But if the Mets are looking to add a quote-unquote stick, Like Evan Roberts talks about, go get J.D. Martinez. Why not? He's right there. Justin Turner joins the Blue Jays. J.D. Martinez would give you that D.H. that you feel good about, a professional hitter. Yankee fans are familiar with him, obviously, his time with the Red Sox. I'd say say get that done. Gio Urshela is between uh, both teams in New York, as well as the Marlins. Gio Urshela is rumored with the Mets, the Yankees, and the Marlins. Gio can play first base, second base, shortstop, third base. He is a utility infielder and he can hit better than IKF I I would bring him back reunite him with Glaber Torres their best friends the Mets could use him too unless you want to be seeing Joey Wendell in the lineup shout out to Joey Wendell team no gloves actually forget Joey Wendell I got no love for Joey Wendell in the Tampa Bay Rays I know he came from the Marlins what else did I have out here yeah just rolling along into the Super Bowl and uh, I was talking about the Super Bowl last night the field conditions how, you know, the shenanigans. How how does the NFL do this every year? It doesn't make any damn sense to me. Your whole game is football played on the biggest field. Like, how do you not have the best people to put together the turf in the field? Like, the fact that the Niners are on a field that they said they felt like they're walking around on a sponge, they're delegated to the uh, – delegated or relegated? Relegated to the UNLV practice facilities – and the Chiefs get the Raiders facility, practice facility. I'm like, whatever. I don't know, man. The Eagles are still crying about the field from last year. Super Bowl opening night is done. We got a bunch of clips, a bunch of nothing from that. Radio Row is going on. Boomer and Geo and those guys are out there. Maggie and Perloff are out there. A few of our uh, colleagues are out there. If you guys want to talk Super Bowl, we can do that. That's definitely going to start heating up once we get to uh, Thursday and Friday. I think... Today will be the last day on the fan that you get people trying to fill airtime with like hypothetical Knicks trades, right? Because the trade deadline is going to expire tomorrow. Um, even talking about uh, Daniel Jones and what the Giants are going to do in the draft. Nobody knows, man. We're not there yet. We got to get through the Super Bowl to the Combine Pro Days, and and then we'll see what Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have. 
to say about that. But all right, I've sprinkled enough on you guys. Call me up with your thoughts, your takes. I want to talk to you. Keith McPherson on the fan till 2 a.m. This is KM to 2 a.m. 877-337-6666. Let's go to my guy, Bruce, out in Flushing. What's up, Bruce? Hey, Keith. Yankee stuff. Some devil news I think you'll find interesting. I'm sorry about that. And um, Nick, first on the Yankees. Do you know the Yankee website, Yankees Go Yard? I do, and I know the guys that do the podcast, yep. Okay, so they. I saw a report tonight or this, this afternoon that Baltimore gave Cashman a proposal. Cashman said, that's too expensive. I don't want to give up those prospects. Now, unless he asked for Spencer Jones or Dominguez, any pitching prospect that they they asked for, I think Cashman's going to give him. I understand the pitching depth of Wilson, but if you had guys, pitching prospects, that Baltimore liked for Burns, you should have pulled a trigger on it. You, comments. Yeah, that's why I say uh, <laughs> we did the fire Cashman night. Everybody wore those fire Cashman shirts. Fire Cashman was trending. Newsflash, they did not fire Cashman. Old habits die hard. I saw the report. I haven't really spoken on it because I, I'll say this to it, right? The uh, Orioles are able to get Corbin Burns at a price that the Yankees can't. And we'll never actually know what prospects were involved in those conversations where Cashman said, whoa, whoa, that's too much. Over the years, we've seen him prospect hug Peraza. Now, Peraza's got no value. Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier, we can run through the list. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is this is what Cashman does. He prospect hugs because he's the Yankees' eternal GM. There is no go all in when you're going to be here today, tomorrow, forever. And when a team like the uh, Milwaukee Brewers says, we want this guy, this guy, this guy, he's always thinking about the future. He's also thinking about his reputation. He's never going to get finessed. He's never going to get fleeced. But here comes the Baltimore Orioles with Cal Ripken on the phone and their new ownership group. And then they say, hey, pick what you'd like. And uh, the Milwaukee Brewers find what they like in a second baseman, uh, a, a starter, um, a 34th overall pick, both those guys being 25. Like that, 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 when I was live on air when that deal came through, that deal pissed me off because if Cashman backed out and went to sleep thinking that they weren't going to trade him and the Orioles were able to do that, now you got to face him. Now that guy's in the division. But um, I just always lean on the fact that I know there's a Yankee tax and I also know Cashman has the greatest job security in the world. So he's not wheeling and dealing thinking that his job's on the line this season. He's wheeling and dealing thinking, no, Spencer Jones, we need him in case Juan Soto doesn't re-sign. And Jason Dominguez is off the table. And there's probably, you know, the pitching prospects, whether it's Clayton Beater, whether it's some of these other guys, like they, they look at those guys as, no, we need that depth. We just traded away Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. Over the years, we traded away Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, J.P. Sears. You know what I'm saying? So they look at those guys like we need them for the next couple of years, especially if Rodon doesn't pan out, if Nestor doesn't return to form. It's just all part of plans down the road. There, There is no such thing as the Yankees going all in. They they didn't actually go all in this offseason, but they did enough to be competitors. They also said in, in that report that a rival executive still thinks Brian Cashman is working on another deal. And I wouldn't 
not be Keith McPherson thinks Brian Cashman's working on another deal, too. He better be. Because, like, <laughs> once one of these starters go, who's the, if one of these starters goes down, who's the first guy up? Luis Will Hill, Warren, probably. Will Warren, Clayton Beater, uh, Cody Petiter, one of these random guys. Like, they, every year they're hurt. Every year they have starters miss time. Last year they were tabbed as the, the best rotation in baseball, and that blew up. Uh, Cashman better be making another deal. He better be checking on everything. I would double back on Shane Bieber and Dylan Cease after I just lost Corbin Burns in division. I, I'd get on the phone with the Guardians and the White Sox and say, hey, 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 like, hell no. You guys cannot trade these guys in our division after telling me that my price was too high or whatever. Like, you should have came back to me before making the move. But that's not how the game is played. The baseball world did not want to see Corbin Burns and Juan Soto traded to the Yankees in one offseason. It just doesn't go down Be- like that. Bieber worries me. I think he's an injury waiting to happen. I think the guy they, who's um, maybe coming over is Jesus Lazaro. On the Marlins, yeah. I've heard yeah. some rumblings about him, too. And they, I know they've talked to the Marlins a bunch. Kim Ang ain't over there anymore. She obviously had the Yankee connection. I just, I don't know. I also fear as a Yankee fan, like Cashman, these guys don't respect him like they used to. They don't fear him like they used to. Like they're playing games with him, literally. They traded Corbin Burns to the division rival, the team that won the division last year, the up-and-coming Orioles. They they literally helped the team that the Yankees have to like find a way to beat. They helped them. They They're like, yeah. We, we had a bunch of conversations with you. Instead, we're going to trade him to the team that you fate. Like, you're going to have to see this guy a few times next year. I have some devil news for you. Yeah. Um, I was watching a, a report from NHL.com, and they said that the NHL is going to give the Devils some salary cap relief with the players involved in the incident in Canada. Mm. So they'll have now more money to make moves before the deadline. We'll certainly take it. Thanks for the call, Bruce. Haven't really talked about that whole thing either. Not a good story and uh, not something you really want to go into on air. But if there's some way that the Devils can be compensated for the players that they lost, and fine by me. From Bruce in Flushing to Bruce in New Brunswick. What's up, Bruce? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for calling. My friend. I've been listening since the 80s, of course, Mike and the Mad Dog. Um, I've not, since then, listened to with such great intent to anyone, any host but you. I mean, you will keep me in my car. You will put me in my house, to my radio. Stop what I'm doing to listen to your authenticity and your level of knowledge. Um, I really respect it, man. Thank you. Not even to get I, into like you know the specifics, but I mean, your knowledge, your authenticity, like it's awesome, man. You're on your way. I really appreciate you, and like you are the man. I I think you just your knowledge and your you're well spoken. You're just awesome, man. Thank you. Wow, thank you, Bruce. I mean, you know, I don't know what what to exactly say to that. I mean, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that uh, this is my job. And I've been doing this now for three years going on. Universe Never on Connect. Shout out to Spike Eskin for pulling me out of where I was and giving me a chance to be myself on the air. Uh, Shout out to WFAN and the producers and the other hosts and all the people in the building for not trying to change me or tell me to be something that I'm not and 
you know, for even the architect, you know, just giving me the liberty to do my own thing and do my own show. And I'm glad the authenticity comes through. And like more so, I'm glad that I can connect with people and be here to entertain. entertain. When Bruce just said, like, you keep me in my car, you keep me like, I, like, I, <laughs> I love when people say that because <laughs> I laugh. Cause like that, you know, that happens to all of us with hosts. Like, all right, yo, this guy's really going in on something, or like you're really enjoying the show, where you want to keep the show going, but you gotta download that free Odyssey app because you can hit pause in your car, get out of the car with your phone, go upstairs, put the Bluetooth speaker on, your earbuds, AirPods, whatever, and and resume, and uh, you don't have to be stuck in your car listening to the FM radio. But I, I appreciate it, man. Like, you know, radio is powerful. You guys have heard me on this mic so many nights now. And and I, I think, like, I'm, I'm cutting through at this point. Uh, it's not easy. The hours are not easy. Being away from your family, being away from your bed. Uh, there's definitely nights when you want to go to sleep. There's definitely nights when you want to go to the game and see the whole game. But uh, it's a privilege. It's an honor. And uh, I'm here for you guys. So when I get calls like that, I can just pay it back and say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling for everybody to hear that, right? Because somebody's listening tonight that has no idea who I am. Somebody's listening tonight for the first time, and they hear a call like that, and they're like, oh, well, I listen to the fan. I don't always hear people express themselves like that in regards to the host. (laughs) What's up, Colin in Fairfield? What's up? You got it. Keith, how are you, man? What's going on? Good. Hanging out. Just killing time and uh, watching Good. the Nick game yeah, and taking calls and giving my sports takes and, you know. Very nice. I'm driving. I'm on my way home from work. Um, I just I wanted to call about the Yankees and the Knicks. I actually was going to call and say basically exactly what you said about the Yankees. I I don't hate what they did this offseason. I don't love it, but uh, you can't get everybody, you know. Yeah. Every, every, you feel like everyone that calls into the fan wants to get – Soto, and they want to trade Volpe and Claver Torres for Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, but you can't get everybody. Yeah, it doesn't so, work just, like that. And everybody that, like, we can go through every single guy, and I can give you reasons why they're not yep. Yankees right now or why the Yankees weren't getting them. Like, Yamamoto, Josh Hader. I didn't hear any reports about the Yankees even bidding on Josh Hader. So when I hear calls saying, oh, Josh Hader was out there, why didn't they get Josh Hader? He was always going back to Houston. He was always going to the Astros. He wants to be with them. He used to be there, never made it with their organization. It's a full circle thing. A a lot of guys don't want to come over here and cut their hair. He's got long hair. He he showed up to their, you know, press conference to introduce him with a man bun and a goofy suit on. I've got shoulder length hair, so the Yankees can sign me right now. I'll cut it, I swear. I got my my hair is down to my shoulders. I'm not stepping out there. I'll be in the bleachers. I'll be in legends. I'll be in the suites. Long hair, don't care. Yeah. I'm not trying to play for the Yankees. I'm trying to be at the parade. Totally, totally. But I agree with the Corbin, Bur- Corbin Burns thing. You know, there's a Yankee tax, and you'd think that it's not going to go down until it goes down. But anyway, I just want to I think the Yankees are going to do well. We just It's not that we have to wait and They're see. They're going to do well. And, and put them in they just got to get into yeah, the dance and get hot, and it's got to all connect in October. It doesn't all have to connect in your mind on paper in February. Totally. I agree. That's what I'm so – and then also with the Knicks, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I grew up, I went to high school when Chris Duhon was the point guard and Raymond Felton. I have a Chris Duhon. The only jersey that I have is, that's not a Tom Brady jersey is a Chris Duhon jersey. <laughs> so, that's, so that's when I became a Knicks fan. 
so seeing what we're where we're at now, watching the IQ trade and the RJ trade to get OG and Precious back, these guys are major contributors, and we're looking great. I mean, Sante even I'm a Syracuse guy watching the Villanova guys produce every night kind of breaks my heart, but to see the Knicks produce every night makes everything right in the world and everything right in the NBA, honestly. Yeah, great call, Colin. I mean, Chris Duhon, I, I grew up a Duke fan. Oh, my God, this guy's a Cowboys fan, Yankees fan. Did he just say he grew up a Duke fan? The worst. I had no guidance, bro. I had nobody telling me what to do, what fan to be. You guys grew up with your dads and uncles and your older brothers in the crib. I was in an apartment with my mom and my sister just trying to fit in, just trying to be a part of something. So there were a lot of Duke games on. There were a lot of Bulls games on. There were a lot of Cowboys-Yankee games on. Everybody wants to roll with the winners. You, you As a kid, you front run. And look at me now, miserable. And then people call you authentic. Come on. Yeah. And <laughs> how can you guys call up and say I'm the most authentic host on the fan when I'm a front runner? <laughs> um, it's just funny that you mentioned Chris Duhon. Like, I had a J.J. Reddick jersey. Somebody stole my J.J. Reddick jersey at the club in, in JMU. I was in the club at JMU, uh, JMU, James Madison University. And it got it got uh got so hot in the club. It's getting hot in here. I had a hoodie and I had the JMU uh, or I had the JJ Reddick jersey on over my hoodie. I took the hoodie and the jersey off, put it on the chair. I never saw that that jersey again. And I transferred out of JMU. Somebody got me. You know something I, I randomly think as I let you guys into my sports mind and my just random mind. I always think about all of the items I've lost over the years and where they've gone. Hats, hoodies, jerseys, coats, gloves. And I hope that when I when I pass away one day, God just shows me like a quick like 90 second reel of like do 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 I'm gonna be like, oh, I left that on the train. <laughs> uh yeah, but back to the Knicks. I just think that the Knicks can't let you down. They've gotten you this far. They can't let you down at the trade deadline tomorrow. They got to do something. Something is better than nothing. Brian Cashman Brian Cashman decided at this past trade deadline he was going to do nothing. He actually traded for Keenan Middleton and didn't re-sign him. So he literally did nothing. He didn't believe in the team. How could you believe in the team? That's what I was telling you all back in July. Like July 16th, 17th, I was like, I'm off. I'm off this roller coaster. The Yankees are up and down, up and down. They're not a good team. They find ways to lose. I know you guys are hypnotized by the pinstripes. They're bums. And without Judge, they don't stand a chance. Now they've got Juan Soto and Judge and a bunch of other guys. Tony, well, I don't even know where Tony's at. It's blank. Tony, in, Tony, I'm, where are you from? I'm in, I'm in Connecticut. Tony from Connecticut on the fan in That's New York. Right. That's right. Um, I want to talk about the Mets and, in particular, Brett Beatty. Brett um, Beatty. So, yeah. Third so, baseman for your New York Mets. Base. Oh, is that who he plays? Is that, is that what he plays, third base? Maybe. No. I, so, as far as I'm, I know, he's penciled in as the Mets starting third baseman. Is that right? Uh, yeah, but, you know, there was so much hype about the kid right away. Like, I know. Right out of the gate. He's got to do it consistently. He had some bloopers to the end of last year that just like. Yeah, but you know what? I think last year did him a world of good for the experience. 
I think because they probably won't don't expect that much from I mean, of course they do expect something, but I think there's gonna be less pressure on him. And I think that's gonna be beneficial to him. I think he's gonna have a good year. Provided he you know, he starts out well, because uh I'm sure he's on a short lease. So that's what I think. I just yeah, think that I, and and you need your young guys, not just him, but Francisco yeah. Alvarez. Show us again. Uh, yeah, Mark yeah. Vientos. I ain't, I haven't seen yeah. it in, in Mark Vientos. I don't know what they see in Mark Vientos, but they know better than well, I know. I mean, he tore up the minor leagues. I mean, yeah, yeah. And plus, he's from Connecticut, so that's a plus. Signed J D Martinez, and there's no room for Mark Vientos. Well, that's true, but you know the Mets, they're not going to sign Martinez. You know that. It's all talk. Well, I mean, it was between them and the Diamondbacks. Let me look and see who else they're rumoring for J.D. Martinez. I feel like the, if the Diamondbacks wanted him, they would have got him already. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, he can fall into but, the Mets' uh, lap. What's the price? I think he's a guy that, that Steve Cohen's got to come in and nudge David Stearns and say, hey, forget about the $10 million budget. Just get him. Just get him. Just get him. Thanks for the call, Tony. <laughs> Tony from Connecticut. And then he dropped off. Let's see. We should break here. I'm not going to take uh, the next call. Chris in Maryland will be my first call when we come back. 87-7, 33-7, a six, a six, and two more sixes. If you want to talk about the Mets and the baby Mets and the core of the Mets, Buck Showalter believes in the core of the Mets. Me too. I've been saying there's too many, there's too many High-paid, talented guys on this team for them to just lay down. There's just too there's too many guys with, with pride, too many guys with experience. When you get between those lines on paper, doesn't matter. Once the game starts, the game starts. So I just don't think the Mets are going to be as as trash as people want to write them off to be. Yankee fans, tell me how you feel. Were you misled? The offseason wasn't good enough. Fine. Well, too late now. We're days away. We're a week away from pitchers and catchers. Like. It is what it is. Like maybe they default into a Blake Snell, but I think he's gonna end up just signing somewhere that gives him the biggest bag with Boris. And of course we can talk Knicks and trade deadline. Of course we can talk Puck. We can talk Nets. We can talk NFL because the Super Bowl is days away. Keith McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, yeah. Still here. 
We got like an hour and some change left. Keep McPherson on the fan. KM to 2 a.m. Taking your calls, talking sports in the greatest city in the world. This is what we do every night. After the games are over, if you want to call up, get your thought, your take across. 877-337-6666. As uh, I spend the breaks looking for things to bring to the surface, Jose Altuve signs a five-year extension to become an Astro for life. Jose Altuve, first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> I'm laughing because I looked at Rami. Rami Lavi producing. He, he knows I'm trolling right there. They're going to put a plaque of his in the janitor's closet. <laughs> yeah. First, first ballot dumpster Hall of Fame. Him and banging on a trash can. Strumming on street light. <laughs> Jose Altuve getting money out there. Look at the Astros now spending bread. $125 million over the next five years for the greatest Astro to ever live. First ballot Hall of Famer. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. What wire? What trash cans? Jeez. <laughs> I hate the Astros, bro. Just for, like, what they represent. Just, just the fact that they did cheat like that. None of them got touched. They won another World Series. They're still dominant. Their organization, you can't take anything from them. They reload. They'll pull up with Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and some other randoms. Who knows? Jeremy Pena. They just keep they'll keep doing it. They can move on from Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Dallas Keuchel. Don't matter. Evan Gaddis, get gone. We we got plenty of other guys, and they just keep reloading. Yeah, of course. So. We'll see what happens this year in the AL, in the American League. But I do think that the Yankees are going to contend. I think the Yankees have a chip on their shoulder, and it's led by Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge wants some get back. Aaron Judge and Juan, Juan Soto know that Shohei Otani's not in the American League. That AL MVP's up for grabs. Julio Rodriguez is going to win it? I don't know. I like Julio, but... The Mariners don't stand a chance. 877-337-6666. I'm also not a shook one. A lot of y'all are shook. And I guess that's what happens, right? I guess that's what happens for a 25-year-old kid watching the Yankees. And the Yankees haven't been to a World Series in 15 years. So by the time you started to get into baseball, like, what did you What did you really? Like, you had 2009 when you first started watching. You didn't really know what was going on. You know, your Yankee classic is Didi Gregorius hitting a grand slam in the ALDS. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. We got to get back. We got to get back. And they know that. That's the whole brand. Their whole everything is built on winning and October and World Series and postseason runs and parades. And I'm sure some of you heard my my, rate, my, uh, my rant about parades. How this city, if the Yankees are the first team to get back to a championship and win it, the parade will be like one they've never seen in this city, in the world, in 4K, live streamed. You won't be able to see the concrete. You see, every single diehard Yankee fan, casual Yankee fan, fair weather Yankee fan, fake Yankee fan, half Mets fan, have Yankee fan out in the streets partying in New York City. 877-337-6666. I said Chris down in Maryland would be first. Chris, you coming up for the parade? Hey, how you doing there, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, you said a couple of things, and finally I had to call you. The first thing you said was, the somebody went to a went to a hockey game, 
and they like soccer too, and you said so soccer is more like hockey or something. <laughs> I said hockey but, jokingly but, is just condensed. I know, I know. I heard that part. I was, it got me to thinking, and I said, well, yeah, soccer needs contact. That would be interesting. If they had that. <laughs> and then I got to thinking, well, why can't soccer do like the tush push where they put all five, like five guys hold the hands <laughs> or lock arms or something, and the guy in the middle has the ball and just charges the goal? I don't know. Uh, it's just stupid. I miss baseball so much I can't wait. <laughs> but anyway, and then you said something. Um, oh, the Knicks, I like. I'm rooting for the Knicks. I like Daniel Brunson. I like anybody in the NBA who plays defense. My first team is um, the Clippers. I'm rooting for. I like um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I'm, I have got a little San Diego affinity from the little time I spent there. Other yeah, than San Diego Maryland, State legend. So, but they've never, they're one of the only teams since the, all the mergers since the early 70s that um, hasn't, the whole city hadn't won anything ever, not anything, any city, if you've ever had any city that's had two of the top four, you know, pro games, I think San Diego's the only one that's never won nothing. Even the iterations of them, like the LA Clippers or the, um, now the Chargers in LA, it doesn't matter, they haven't won nothing. Yeah, um, and then here, and then um, and um, oh, and then you said something about now. Okay, that's enough of that. Baseball. So a week, huh? I was I was looking at the weather. It's going to be 65 down here Saturday, and then uh, next week it's going to get cold by Thursday. But that's is that when they report start reporting this next coming weekend? Yeah, the 14th pitchers and catchers report, and then it's on. Oh, I know what else you said. That man cave thing. You got to stay in there. You got paid to watch baseball. Yeah, in the fan cave, 2014. I oh my I had God. to leave my family and live in a one bedroom apartment in Soho, which, is, I, which I, was I, like 4,500 a month. They put me up in a one bedroom apartment, 90 Thompson Street in Soho, and my job was to report to the fan cave. Here's here's the catch, though, Chris. Like, it's great to be paid to watch baseball, especially I was 25, turning 26 that year. <laughs> But uh, you're you're literally locked in there. Like from first pitch to last out, you can't leave. So you got to order all your meals on Grubhub seamless delivery, and like sometimes the the West Coast games go late. You you can be stuck in there till two in the morning. That's quite alright. You got to drink. Did they, did they pay yeah. We got to drink. And uh, they got mad at us because we were going through the Budweiser's too fast, and they would come in the next morning and see the dent that we put into the chill chambers, and they put us on a two-beer limit. And uh, I, remember, I remember telling them, two-beer limit? I'm on a two-beer minimum. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't have one beer. I definitely am not having two beers. I'm a grown man, dog. What are you talking about? And you had to watch like that one. There's like uh, 15, sometimes there's 15 games a night. How did you watch Yeah, that? exactly. How, How was I watching Padres Diamondbacks at one in the morning back then in the eighth inning? I just, like, I needed to have a buzz on for that. But you could do, you know, there's eight of you, but you, no one could watch every pitch of every no. game. No, and that was the thing. That was the tagline. Never miss a pitch. These eight cave dwellers never miss a pitch in Major League Baseball. Yeah, right. Like I was taking naps. That was another thing. They hated us because they caught the, like the security caught us taking naps downstairs a couple times, and I'm like, I'm tired. We were in the club till four in the morning. Well, uh, you must have had to have t- like ten screens to watch all p- every pitch you the, got. The cave monster. It was. It was actually. Oh, eight, it was like eight by eight. <laughs> it was like. Oh man! It was, it was I, ridiculous. I still- I still think I could. I would if you got me food, beer, and just watch baseball, a bathroom, a shower. I think I'd be good to go for bring it, it on. It should still exist now. If they ever rebooted or bring it back, I'd love to be a part of it. 
I think Manfred looked at the money they were spending there and what was going on there, and he he came through. I remember meeting Rob when I met Bud Selig. Um, they had all the uh, Major League Baseball draft candidates. I remember I met um, Nick Gordon from the Twins that day. Um, they had they came through, and I think Manfred he just was looking around it in disgust at like what the fan cave was. Man, I'm not he's not, I'm not a fan of him. I, I can you just mentioned them the, those. Asterisk, the Houston asterisk. Yep. Um, I, um, I, I'm sure to have been more strict, and you just said Altuve signing, because I wasn't going to look at the Astros any sort of way other than despise until Altuve, Bregman, and I think that's the last two that's left. Is there one more that I think is left? I don't know, but enough of them. And, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer. And then, okay, so they saw two other last things. Don Clinton and oh, you said Yankees need uh, might have to trade for one more. Or maybe it's the Knicks you were talking about getting one more piece to go, the go Knicks, for it. The Knicks need another score, and the Yankees could use another starter. Okay, I'll get to the Yankees in a second. So anyway, back in '69, the Miracle Mets. I know, I know that team better than I ever wanted to because I was a Pirate fan, and that's another thing. When I was a boy, I had an older brother, so and a dad, and they were all, you know. But I really put any team they weren't rooting for was rooting You went against you went against your brother and your dad. Yeah, well, that's how you grow up. I'm not gonna be like my big brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's my bigger brother. You know what I mean? So. But, but, I mean, I went to the Orioles games, and I watched, I watched it all. I just was a fan, but my favorite player was Clemente, so I liked the Pirates. Yeah. And then I liked Reggie, and then Reggie, after, uh, I liked Reggie after that. And then and then, I, then when I turned, when I grew up, 18 or whatever, yeah, then I started rooting for the local teams. But anyway, so Don Clendenin was the linchpin when the Mets, Miracle Mets traded for him in 69. That put them over the top. Um and uh, you seem a little preoccupied <clears throat> with the Orioles. Why not Tampa? Aren't you concerned about them? No, I'm not. I I mean, I know they're going to be good. I know that they just restock and they just, you know, they reload and they're going to have some random guy have a, a career year and some young prospect. But I think that Wandy, uh, not Wandy, that Wanda Franco case is going to loom large over them and the mistake they made in paying that guy. And we'll see. I just... I don't, I don't fear them, let's say. I don't fear them. Okay, well, I appreciate your time. I'm not trying to tease, but I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i but I'm rooting for the Yankees after the Orioles because of Juan Soto, and my big brother's out in L.A., and he's all of a sudden a Dodger fan now. Sure. So, my God, I hope Juan Soto, if they do meet in the World Series, I hope Juan Soto does a Reggie on the Dodgers like <laughs> Reggie did to the Dodgers in the 70s. That would be amazing, Chris, from uh, your mouth to everybody listening to WFAN's ears and the baseball gods. 877-337-6666. Yeah, funny you mentioned uh, the Yankees and Juan Soto meeting up with the Dodgers in the World Series. That's the dream. That's Major League Baseball's dream. If they could have Yankees-Dodgers World Series for the next five years in a row, they'd sign for it right now. That's what they want. Two major markets, marquee franchises, superstars, large fan bases. The Dodgers lead the league in attendance. Definitely the National League, but the entire league. And the Yankees are always up there, a lot of times leading the American League in attendance. They just have the fans, they have the stadiums, they have the brands, they have the interlocking logos, the N and the Y, the L and the A. Uh, They're just iconic. And uh, my year in the fan cave, shout out to my guy Martin, 
who was one of the security guards, Martin told us, you know, a couple years after the fan cave, he's like, I remember seeing a list and the first two names that were shoe-ins locked in the fan cave, like the first day of, um, you know, the tryouts, they said was me and Serena. I was the Yankee fan. Serena was the Dodgers fan. Shout out to Serena. Serena I love Serena. Serena, I love her like a sister. That's my girl. You probably, I mean, if, if you follow me on any social media, you probably see her because when she comes out here, to Yankee Stadium, she's only going to Yankee Stadium with me. When I go out there to Dodger Stadium, there's a 0% chance that I go to Dodger Stadium and I'm not with Serena. And she's royalty out there. Her dad has had season tickets since the 80s, saw the 88 World Series, and she grew up. I remember going to the uh, Fan Cave audition, and we end up sitting on the bus together coming from uh, the YMCA. Yeah, we also went out there and did some, like, charity work and gave back and did stuff like that and, like, cleaned up and, like, talked to some kids and, like, I don't know. Went to the YMCA, and I remember riding back with Serena. And she's like, so how many games do you go to a year? And this is like 2013 going into 2014. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm happy if I get to go to Yankee Stadium once a year. <laughs> I'm like, if I can get up there for one game, I'm pumped. I'm like, how about you? She's like, at least 70, like 71, 72. I'm like, what? Games a year? She's like, oh, yeah, we have season tickets. She's like, if I could get to eight, I would go to 80. She's like, usually, you know. Some she's back when she was working at In and Out. She's like, sometimes I can't get off work from In and Out, but my boss is at In and Out. No, I got season tickets. My family, we go to the game. That's what they do. That's what they do, and it's a way different vibe. If you've ever been to Dodger Stadium and you pull up um, Vin Scully Way or Vin Scully Drive, and you got to walk up in that big ass parking lot, they don't tailgate in the parking lot. If you remember some years back, um, that Giants fan got like beat to death or beat into like a coma. Sorry to, you know, even speak on that, but they changed all the rules there. But there, man, when you go into Dodger Stadium now, after the 2020 renovations, because they thought they were going to have the All-Star game, then they ended up having it there in uh, 2022. Dodger Stadium is sick. Bill is in Brooklyn. Before we go to the break, what's up, Bill? What's up, Keith? How you doing, baby? You know, hanging out, watching this Knicks game over here. And I just saw Jalen Brunson was yelling at one of the refs. So you're talking about your, your Yankee Classic. My yeah. first Yankee Classic is a, is a Pettit Snow game. You went to that game? No, I uh, no, I, I mean, I was going to be games before that, but I mean, that Pettit Snow game was, was cold. As, that was cold, yeah. That was opening cold, day? That was, yes. Yeah. That was, that, what year was that? Had to be 94. It was right, it was right after Showalter. Yeah, maybe ninety six. Yeah, that snow in Bronx evokes memories of ninety six opener. I remember it snowed twenty eighteen, and my goofy ass was all ready to go halfway to the stadium, and then I'm listening to WFAN, and they're like games postponed. I'm like, I gotta go home now. <laughs> <laughs> all the love, baby. All the love. Appreciate the call, Bill. Yeah, you know, I, I got a picture of me. I, I used to live in a stupid place, and there was, like, a shuttle that would take us to the PATH train. And there's this picture of me in, like, my Yankees jacket, scarf, knit cap, scully, uh, like, the hoodie on layers, jeans with the, like, you know, layers underneath, the long johns underneath, the Tims, just happy as hell. Like, it's snowing, but they're going to play. You know they're not going to play. And I got on the shuttle, and I went to get on the train. And uh, before I before I got on the train, I'm listening to WFAN on the shuttle. 
in my headphones and and I got to the train and and I had to turn around and go back home. It got postponed and then it rained that year. I forget I forget what the game was like, but I remember I did a group deal that year and that was the last year of the hard copy tickets. Uh you know when they used to send you your opening day tickets in a box and you could open up the box and have the hard copy tickets. I had a group of like 10 of my friends going to opening day and uh we sat in the rain and luckily where I was sitting, I don't even remember where it was, we were the last covered row. So it rained and we just didn't get completely rained on, but that's what happens. That's why they build in that off day. That's why, you know, I don't know. Well, the Yankees are opening up on the 5th this year, and they're they're opening up on the road. But when the Yankees usually have opening day, it's usually on a Thursday, and then they build in that off day on the Friday in case there's inclement weather. They can bump opening day from Thursday to Friday. I hate that little game between or that day between. I need another game. Especially you go to opening day, it's lit. You want to go right back to the stadium on Friday, like a three-game, four-game series, rather. Can't do that. They build that in for Mother Nature. And living here in New York, why can't we have a dome? One day in the future, after the Yankees win their next World Series, they start the plans for putting a dome over Yankee Stadium so that we don't have all of the rain delays, all of the uh, postponements, and there's no need for a Friday off day. We can just start the season on Friday opening day and have a three-day uh, series Friday, Saturday, Sunday to open the stadium back up. Yeah, sounds like a plan from uh, my mouth to the listeners' ears and the baseball gods. You heard me. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take a break. I've got one hour left. I've got no calls. I cleared them all. I dare you to call 877-337-6666 and tell me something cool. We'll be right back. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.